is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It's me, your boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts Adam and Matt. Welcome to episode 96, the year I believe I was born. I believe, Matt, you were also born in 96, right? I'm a 96 Adam, child. are you a 96 child as well? I'm I'm a 95 child. I'm All right. Fucking... Old ass man. Uh, episode 96, uh, Thomas Holmstrom. He won four Stanley Cups to the Detroit Red Wings, all while wearing number 96. His career high in goals was 30 in 2005-2006. So it is possible that Avalanche star Miko Rantanen could take his spot for himself in another few years. Vote episode 96, Thomas Holpstrom. What is up, boys? What's Guys, up? you see these leaves changing, man? It's like, oh. Yeah, Toronto's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the Phillies are still playing baseball. <laughs> it's cold. It was really beautiful. cool. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, thing, baby. Oh. So Adam and I actually were at the Flyers-Sharks game, if you guys stay tuned on the, uh, the Instagram, on the stories. Um, we were at the Sharks Flyers game, and there was a uh, watch party for the Phillies game. It was Game Five of the NLCS. There was a watch oh. party at the Wells Fargo Center. If you had tickets to the Flyers game, I asked Adam. I was like, "Hey, if you want to come early, I'll be there. If you don't really want to, I get it. It's a long drive to be there early and whatever." And he was like, "Nah, I'll bite." So he drives his ass all the way down <laughs> to go watch baseball, which he doesn't ever watch for a team that he doesn't really root for. And uh, Adam, I want to I want to ask you, like, before we even get into the NHL action that you saw for the first time with your own eyes, what was it like being in that environment for a baseball team that you pretty much had no emotional attachment to? What was it like being around that? It was, and this is going to sound weird, but let me explain. It was about what I expected because I did go in expecting them to win. I also went in both. with forethought mm-hmm. of if this loses, if they lose. And I'm standing around in the Sharks jersey. I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it would have been that bad. Personally, I think it would have been fine. Uh, Now, if it was like a rival, like say it was like the the Bruins or the Penguins or one of those teams, then yeah, you you might be in a little bit of trouble. The bold Capitals fan I saw walking around. (laughs) Yeah, the very bold Capitals fan at a San Jose Um, Philadelphia game. Don't know what he was doing. But but I, I agreed, A, so I could hang out with you. And B, because I wanted that experience because uh, you, you, you don't get those kind of experiences where like there's a whole city rallying around the team, especially where I live in the middle of bumblefuck nowhere, where my closest neighbor is a bear who lives in a den down the hill. Oh, um, blue foot. Yeah, exactly. No, I that's... live in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Halloween. <laughs> That was that was for that uh that experience and it lived up to what I expected. It was awesome getting to stand there and high five people I had never met before in my life, like celebrating the thing. I will never, you know, fully truly understand, which is also not true too, because I was at the Yankee parade in 09. Oh, when they beat the Phillies. Yeah, well, yeah, way to remind us, Adam. Thank you for that. I, I don't I don't remember who they beat. I just know they won, and my dad was nice enough to say, hey, son, you want to go to the parade? And I said, yeah. And he went. Yeah, they uh, they beat the Phillies. Worked, that was the last the time we went to a World Series. But, hey, he was working the parade, so it wasn't like, you know, I was in the thick of it. But I still sure. thought it was That's cool. true. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was intense. I know we're not a baseball podcast. We'll let uh, Take a Pitch take care of that. Uh, mostly because I want to hear them have to talk about the Phillies, those Mets <laughs> motherfuckers. I want to hear them have to talk about the Phillies. 
little do you know oh my god episode up until the end of the playoffs i i want i want to make billy say the words that reese hoskins is clutch because i remember before the season started there was a whole podcast where billy was like reese hoskins is terrible reese hoskins is terrible eat shit reese lightning can hit tanks in the playoffs billy eat <laughs> shit and the islanders suck mm. god all in, all, all reese needed was a little spark dude oh uh, Oh, the Reese, the Reese oh. magic, the Reese magic. Oh, if, if I could, magic. if I could snort it, I would. It would be lovely. Whoa. It's all know. magic with this team, dude. Like, especially the top of the order, dude. Oh yeah. Like, oh the yeah. Top of the order is just indestructible, dude. See, it's crazy because the bottom of the order is arguably what carried them through the Cardinals the, and the Braves, and the end of the season. And the end of the, the end of the regular season, like the bottom of the order was getting it done. They kept getting hits. They kept getting on base. And now, all of a sudden, we're in the NLCS, and the top of the order is like, okay, I guess it's time for us to do our job now. Most grandest of ways. Oh man! But that's what makes oh, baseball so beautiful to me is that you can have only half your lineup working at one time, and like half your pitching staff, and maybe even less than half your bullpen, and you can limp into the playoffs, make it out of the wild card and make it out of the NLDS. And then the good part of your team turns on. And it's like, you it's like a whole new ball club that you're watching, but you're all the way in the world series. Now it's crazy. It's crazy. Again, not a baseball podcast, but the fightings are in the, the world series. So don't judge us too hard. Billy okay. is ravaging. <laughs> yeah. We're absolutely feral right now. Just absolutely feral. Um, all right, a little uh, fantasy hockey update for you folks Ooh. as the uh, on the power play team continues its winning ways, going 2-0, and winning last week 138-113, to absolutely throttled them. Uh, right now we're down 26-16, uh, to but obviously it's very early in the week. We're only toward the second day of the week. Uh, I'm not too scared. Uh, basically, I have I, – I mean, the basically the – the highlight pick, which was our last pick, it was before, it was after you guys already hung up, the podcast was over, was Carter Hart, who has come up absolutely huge for me. He's like, I think he's in like the top five of my my scores. He's scored me 28 points so far, and that's in Jesus. four starts. Jesus. Four starts. I just want to say a good, you're welcome, buddy. Hey, because I was it shoving it down your front, reason... and you were like, "I'm not taking a shark. I'm not taking a flyer. I'm like, you're taking you Carter Hart. You took, I think, two sharks and a flyer. I did. I took. Well, I took one shark. I only have Tomas Hurdle. Um, uh, okay, but I have Carter Hart. Uh, yeah. No, that was all because of you. It really was. Uh, I was not gonna pick Carter Hart. I was not gonna pick a flyer. And here, and here I am with one of my highest point getters being Carter Hart. Um, much appreciate, buddy. Much appreciate. It. Um, so to continue moving forward, uh, not a whole lot of news coming out of the NHL right now, but I do want to highlight some injury stuff. I'm going to highlight first. Have you guys seen the video of Connor McDavid almost snapping his spine on the goalpost? Yes, I did see that. Oh, oh my God. we were about this close to not having Connor McDavid for a sizable amount of time. Luckily, though, and I do want to report, I know it's probably gone around um, Oilers Twitter and stuff like that. I do want to report uh, today they said Connor McDavid suffered no injuries except for a sore back and will not miss any time. So that's huge, first and foremost, not just for the league, 
but also for the Edmonton yeah. Oilers because you know right now they're on their own tangent out there in the uh, James West. Um, actually, yeah, they're only three and three now. That I look at it. Even but, that, you know, the rest of the Pacific Division correct. isn't doing too hot either, as the Golden Knights are in first right. at five and two. So right. it's you look at like, I mean, they just beat the Penguins six to three. You can it's you can easily argue the Penguins have been the best team to start off in the league so far. Absolutely, yes, you could argue that. Yeah. So I mean, and you look at all the other teams that are just below them in the Metro. You know the. You know, the Rangers, the Flyers, the Hurricanes, like mm-hmm. the Metro's looking like, you know, they're going to be consistently one of the best divisions in the, in the game this year. Well, I Would mean, the say- Metro division, we we almost say it every year. The Metro division is one of the hardest divisions in the National Hockey League. I mean, the Flyers could reasonably go over 500 and still be in the basement of that division. That That's a totally feasible thing to talk about. But um, back to what we were saying, Connor McDavid, is healthy. He's probably got a sore back, but he's going to be all right. How do you think that would have affected the Oilers without McDavid? Do you think they would have just absolutely crumbled, or do you think they would have been able to hold water for maybe a month or two until he gets back? You can hold, a, hold water for a month. You think? Because just dry title, though. For a month? They, they'd be able to do it. You get great play from month. Jack Campbell. He you keep him at you keep him at like a little bit over a two for goals right. against like you're in the game you're in the game sure sure Adam what about you do you think that's a team that could uh, could could uh, still thrive without Connor McDavid on the ice ah uh, maybe and they have good pieces I'm not sure I think Zach Hyman's back in the lineup I don't think he's hurt at the moment so I mean that helps um Evander Kane and Leon Dreisaitl are Basically, their offensive juggernauts there. I, I feel like Yamamoto has been kind of quiet on all fronts. Uh, Paul Yarvey has been pretty quiet on all fronts. So they really only have those three with McDavid being out in this scenario. So right. I really don't know if thrive doesn't feel like the right word. I feel like, you know, they could survive, but I, I just don't see them being able to really muscle their way through a month without McDavid, without some hard times. I'd be inclined to agree. Like, this is a th- – that would be a point where, like, you look at the Aussie and you go, damn it, we should have gotten Kadri. Um, yeah. That would have definitely been helpful. Or, But luckily for them, this isn't a situation they have to deal with because McDavid McDavid's going to be okay. McDavid. McDavid. Um, <laughs> ew, Devad. Uh, those are you uh, – <laughs> For all you Shits Creek watchers out there. Um, oh. Yeah, McDavid's going to be okay. So, luckily, the Oilers don't have to deal with that. Another player making his return, and I believe his season debut, correct? Um, Patrick Laine will be no. back in the lineup on Tuesday night. Uh, he did start the season, right, and he got hurt? Yes, he did. Okay. He, he, started, he started the first game of the season, I believe, scored a goal, and then immediately got hurt. Yeah, so uh, Patrick Line is going to be back tonight, the night that we're recording against the uh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, according to head coach Brad Larson, uh, to be joining the likes of his new teammate, Johnny Gaudreau, who is looking good in the early goings here, but the team itself not off to a hot start as they find themselves with a 3-4 and four record with six points. 
obviously not terrible, right? You're one game below 500. You're only seven games into the season. It has time to correct itself. But early on here, it's not looking like the Johnny Hockey signing really changed who this team was. I think we talked about this before on this podcast, uh, maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, How much do we actually think that the signing of Johnny Hockey and doing nothing else was really going to benefit the Columbus Blue Jackets? I don't see it benefiting him all too much. Uh, If I'm looking here, let's look at the... um, Let's see what Johnny Hockey's doing right now as far as stats are concerned. I feel like not a lot. I'm going to say... I'm going to make a guess and say he's got four points. Uh, Johnny Hockey right now has... He's got seven points, uh, seven games Ooh. played. He's got four goals, three assists, as a plus two. Actually, looking at that, that's pretty damn good. Um, it's can't argue surprising with that. how quiet it's been from him, though. I feel like the new face of town. I you would hear more about how you know how much Johnny Hockey is still being Johnny Hockey on a new team, but it just seems like it's been crickets on the Columbus front. It's kind of weird. I think the only thing I saw was that wraparound goal. He scored a couple weeks back. Which was gross. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess the only reason that it's so quiet is, uh, you know, he scored two in Nashville, one on Vancouver, and then one tonight, I believe. Um, but No, they are currently losing 2 nothing. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. To uh, Arizona. Oh, that must have been before that. Yeah, never mind. Um. It seems like it. you're right. It is kind of quiet. He is averaging about 20 minutes of ice time um, a night, but like really quiet from Johnny Hockey. Uh, do you think that Patrick Laine coming back is going to help him specifically and this um, Columbus offense? It opened yeah. word. I mean, with the talent Laine has, mm-hmm. the, the put him back on that top line. I mean, you figured they would not. Uh, Start really connecting, but like um, like you said, I said I I brought it up last week. I, I think this team is kind of overhyped. Like there's, there's a lot of a lot of holes that aren't that aren't filled. There's a little bit of a rough patch from their goalkeeper from the start of his season. So, like again, still early. A lot can change. That's true. That's true. A lot, and, and... A lot can change. And don't but, worry, boys. We we will talk about bad teams with high expectations as of right now. We we have a a segment at the end here that I'm going to call "Are They a Wagon?" It's going to be fun. Um, and, <laughs> right? Uh, Patrick Lyde returning tonight against the Coyotes. We'll see how it helps that offense. We'll see how it helps that team. Um, moving forward here, apparently, according to Carey Price. Uh, he is not planning his NHL retirement, but, quote, he is unable to train at a professional level. Um, not quite sure what that means. Because, um, you know, obviously this is this is mostly due to uh, some mental health issues that he was struggling with. But now it's physical with his knee surgery. Um, he was asked about it. He said, quote, We'll have to take it step by step. I don't have a plan to retire right at this moment. Right now, my goal is to just be pain-free from day to day. I'm still having some issues getting up and down stairs and carrying my kids up and down stairs is difficult. So my first priority is just to get my body in a place where I'm pain-free in my day-to-day living and go from there. Which 
Sounds all fine and good. I get that. That makes a lot of sense. You don't want to have pain while you're trying to play with your kids and, and live your life. That makes a lot of sense. Most people do, though. It it doesn't sound like you're anywhere close to returning to being a professional athlete. Just retire, Carrie. Just, just retire. It's okay. You are going to the Hall of Fame. You have nothing else to prove. You really don't. Like, I don't. I don't understand what his, you know, obviously I get he's a professional athlete. They're built different. I get all that jazz, right? But think about, like, if you're having this kind of trouble getting back from a knee surgery now, what happens if you get injured again? And then yeah. you have to go through this again. What do you guys think? Do you think that Carey Price could make a comeback, or do you think it's over for his career? I think it's the locker room trying to convince him to stay as you well, think? like. I think they're just I think they're still in touch and I think a lot of these kids I mean Nick Suzuki just got named captain so I think he's kind of in his ear like hey man it's like you come back we could you could have a last dance or something like that I mean which would be cool right but like I just I just I worry about how his body's going to react if this is the kind of struggle he's having right now with coming back from a knee injury Uh, Adam what about you I think it's the opposite. I don't think it's the team. I think it's actually all carry. Uh, and my my train of thought actually came up with something you said, thing about how he has nothing to prove. But when I, I I sat here for a second and thought about that, he has nothing to prove to us. Absolutely, like first ballot Hall of Famer, whole nine yards. No no debate about it, in my opinion. Um, but what if it's not so much he has nothing to prove to us, but he has something to prove to himself. Mm-hmm. That- he still thinks he has enough in the tank to make a comeback. And I mean, in his head, if he thinks that uh, I don't view him as the kind of guy to kind of back off from whatever path he's going down, he seems like a very committed, dedicated guy. So if that's the case and he thinks he can do it, I don't think there's going to be a whole heck of a lot to sway him other than like you said, if God forbid another injury crops up when he does make it this possible comeback, what that's going to do to him. Um, right. It almost, to me, thinking about it now, it almost feels like, um, to put it in terms, I can kind of wrap my head around it, like, like a pro wrestler that's like clearly past the point that he should be around. He's done everything there is to do, but he still thinks that he can hang with the new, the new crop of talent around. And it, it just doesn't work, but he just, there's nothing else for him. All right. he's known is, and my analogy, the, the pro wrestling ring and Carey Price's thing, all he's known is the ice. There's nothing for him in his head to fall back on because I don't see him in an office role. No, no, not really. I could see him I coaching. Don't, I could I see him coaching. Maybe, but even that just doesn't sound right. I, I Personally, I, I don't see him doing too much of anything after, you know, he hangs up the skates and falls at a career. So I don't know. Maybe that's kind of something like he's just not ready to give it up and he wants to push his body as far as he thinks it can handle it. I don't want to speculate too much, but that's kind of the sense I'm starting to get. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we don't want to speculate about it. We don't want to talk about like how he's feeling, how his family's feeling, so on and so forth. Like, but here's, here's what he said. This is how he described the surgery that he's currently going through. You ready for this shit? Okay, here we go. Oh no. The surgery is called oats. Basically, they're taking a plug of cartilage and bone from a lower area in the knee 
and placing it in a cartilage damage area. It's a very invasive surgery, and it has about a fifty percent, uh, thirty to fifty percent chance of working. Oof. You're going through this, and you plan on trying to make a comeback? I don't, I don't know about this, man. It's crazy it, how much it, information, it, it, how much information is out on his injury, and how little information is out on the Ryan Ellis injury. That's true. Well, uh, he's never shied away from telling people because he's technically not under team control right now that, you know, he can say whatever he wants to to whomever he wants to. The Philadelphia Flyers just don't want Ryan Ellis telling people that his career is over because they know that it's going to be a shitstorm because Comcast Petcore is fucking stupid. We won't get into that. Either way, um, <laughs> isn't he in his like upper 30s? Is he already in his 40s? How old is he? Who? Price? Yeah. I'd say 33. Okay. I didn't think he was. I thought he was in his older thirties. It feels like if I wouldn't suspect it. Yeah, he's thirty-five. Okay, so he's smack dab in the middle. Okay, smack dab. Um, which is not unheard of for goaltenders to retire at the age of thirty-five. That's not unheard of. You know, especially with the toll that it takes on your hips and your knees and your ankles. I hell, I retired twenty-one. 22. I was going to say, you know, uh, of the three of us here, you're the one that would know the you best. Selectful, um, selectfully retired? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I chose to walk away from the game. You know, they were like, oh, no, don't leave. You're a generational talent. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> you're going to have your names in the Raptors if you keep going. <laughs> First ballot Hall of Famer. And I was like, oh, you know, stop, stop, please. Stop, I stop, my, I got to think of my, my life, you know. Yeah, no. I got to move um, on to – the the killer bees and be a defense. Yeah, I got I gotta be I gotta I gotta play with the bees, baby. I gotta play with the bees. <laughs> um, but no, it, and it's not. I feel bad because like I love watching Carey Price play. You know, he's he's one of my favorite goaltender, Carter Hart's idol. Like obviously, we want Carey Price to play, but I want Carey Price to play like Carey Price, not the shell of who Carey Price was, and to watch him kind of fade into the shadows at the end of a very painful end of a career would suck to watch. That's why I just want him to retire, you know? Yeah. This surgery sounds really shitty and I've had knee surgery and this sounds That was, was going to be my next thing. I was going <laughs> to say it. Like, that, that, I, I have bad knees. No way near as bad as your, yours being or uh, carry prices, but I could not fathom dealing with that shit. Yeah, and the fact that it's only thirty to fifty percent chance of working—that's yeah, awful. I kind of want to actually. I kind of want to like see pictures of what this uh, surgery looks like. I'm sorry, oh, I'm weird boy. like this. Oh boy, gross <laughs> surgery. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at. Surgery. I'm looking at you. Yeah, it's a good thing we're on a podcast and not a. And not not a uh, what? Oh, look at that! <laughs> wow. Oh, Jill, look at that. Okay, so they they literally they take a chunk of bone and cartilage and move it to a different area. You got that from the description. Like you got that from the, the picture. Yeah, but seeing it is different than hearing oh, it. Oh yeah, no, I gotta I tell you. I wow, bet. Would you look at that? Science. <laughs> Science. <laughs> 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 Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Nye, the science guy. What a great guy, Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> what we default to? What has happened to our, our lovely <laughs> podcast? 
Um, to keep moving forward here with NHL content and news, because that's what we deliver. Um, the legends, another legend of the NHL, has broken a record as Phil the Fat Boy Kessel has broken the Iron Man streak that Keith Yandel set last year. Um, he has now played in his, uh, or he will play tonight, right? Yes, against he the He will Sharks. play tonight in his, what, 900th and, uh, what is it? Something like that? What the hell is the record? I don't even know what the record is. That's how, Hold on. That's how young I am, I guess. Streak. It's also a picture of Iron Man. Gosh darn it, Twitter. Uh, we're a professional podcast, everybody. We are, we are, we swear. We're just not good at our job. I just find it funny how this streak is always revolved around players that just don't get into the physical battles. Well, that's the well, reason that's they what can make it for so long. That's, that's why, you know, they're not hard-nosed dudes. That's why they stay healthy for so long. 989. Is the new record or the old record? Uh, bu- 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 It'll be 990. All righty. Phil Castle Nin- playing in his 990th straight NHL game without missing time. That is actually insane That's when you say it out loud. He's almost a silver stick winner without missing a game. Playing a thousand that- games. That's fucking crazy. Um it's what that is. But, and that's the that whole reason we're going to talk about this, because I wanted to pick you guys' brains, is do you think that the Iron Man should be as celebrated of a award as it is? Because in reality, the reason these players can make it for so long without missing time is because they're not really going into the corners. They're not battling. They're not doing all that. All Phil wants to do is get on for the shift, not skate a whole lot, shoot the puck, and go back on the bench for a hot dog. That's, well, that's, all about. that's, that's not the good. only aspect to that record, in my opinion. The other half is you're still good enough to be able to make it into the lineup to begin with. Right. I mean, we saw it with Keith Yandel. I feel like there towards the end, a lot of guy, a lot of coaches were putting him in the lineup just to keep the streak alive. Not so much because he deserved it. Oh, he definitely and, didn't deserve it. He was terrible. It, exactly. And then the Flyers, you know, put an end to it. Uh, Phil Kessel hasn't had that problem. He's been a pretty decent factor on most teams that he's played for throughout the street. I mean, you could maybe argue his time in Arizona was a little lackluster, but I mean, his time with Vegas right now seems to be going pretty damn good. Um, so I, I feel like it should be because it not only shows that you have uh, the longevity for the sport, it also shows that, you know, you're still a capable player that can still play a thousand straight games without missing a beat. Unless you're Keith Yeah, I mean, my only thing is, like, much like Keith Yandel last year, are we really seeing the output that a player should be playing every night from Phil Kessel right now? I'm pulling up his stats as we speak. Like, Matt, at this point in his career, do you think that he should be an everyday guy or somebody that's, like, say, your, you know, like, your 13th forward, you know? Right. Uh, you make a good point because, I mean, Keith Handel wasn't signed until like a week before training camp started, like so late into the off season. Mm-hmm. So it's like how valued are these pl- players who are 
you know, at the tail end pushing for something, you know. So what would you exactly? I would say I would say it, it really doesn't matter, man. I mean, we we got the misfortune of like watching Keith Yandel, you know, play crappy hockey and get a record. Like so, we're just like at that misfortune taste of like. Uh, like these players aren't even playing good hockey, but you can make the case that Kessel's playing decent hockey for the Knights. I was gonna say, what's the what? What would your expected output be for Kessel to warrant him continuing to stay in the lineup? Like, uh, what- I mean, like I just, I feel like I just need maybe two to three points a week. So. Last season, I'll start here, in 82 games, he put up 52 points. Oh, okay. He was a minus 24, which I know me and Bing are going to despise. Uh, This season, in seven games with Vegas, he's only had two points so far. Both of them assists. Uh, He's a dead-even zero in the plus-minus, so he's not bad. He's not good. He's kind of there. Four penalty minutes. He almost had his first goal of the season last night against Toronto until they called it back. 400 uh which i loved just like watching that i turned the game on i saw that and i said that's typical toronto maple Leafs allowing a former leaf to score his 400th goal on the same night he ties a record uh of the iron man streak but it was not to be but i don't know i I think i think there's still something left in the tank for phil the thrill to warrant where he's playing i mean he's playing alongside i think uh or he was at the start of the season. He was playing alongside Eichel and Stone, I think. Um, I don't know what line he's playing on currently, but I I feel like of all the teams played on recently, Vegas is probably the best fit for him. Uh, I mean, I I kind of agree with that. That I do think that this team that he's on is probably the best fit for him. I don't know if he could have cut it in Arizona, being like their only goal scorer, basically. Um, but hey, all right, so he's it, on a third line with Amadio and Howden. All right, all right, you know, my only thing is like if he's on the third line, it's not really going to be grinding away, you know, he's not going to be like a third line, you know, bash teeth in kind of guy. I never got, I mean, he's a big dude, don't get me wrong, but I never kind of got the bash your teeth in kind of style from Phil Kessel. No, no, god, no, he needs his teeth to chew his hot dogs. Um, exactly. See? Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm just really harping on the poor man. Um, <laughs> but hey, congratulations to him. Congratulations on almost being 1,000 game player consecutively, even though he's well eclipsed 1,000 games played. But that's it's cool. It's cool. Um, how many games he, does he have played? In oh, this game? oh, god. Um, let me see here 1,211. 1,211. Yep, so he still has. Little less than five hundred to catch Patrick Marlowe. Let's uh, pump the brakes there, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Phil Kessel is not Patrick Marlowe. That's, that's oh, absolutely a stone not. cold fact. As a stone Listen, cold man, fact, Patrick Marlowe can break the games played record. Uh, I think Phil Kessel could do. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe if people keep signing him, he'll stick around. I swear, I swear by it. Um, some more <laughs> NHL news here. Uh, we have. The, look, it's just crazy to me because I get why I just really need to talk about it on the podcast. The Arizona Coyotes are going to be playing their first 24 home games 
20 of which will be on the road. In their first 24 games this year, four of them are at home. Jesus. It's so weird. I mean, I get why, but, like, you should have just moved the damn team. This is so dumb. This is so dumb. The league won't allow that. The league won't allow that. I mean, you can make the same argument about the Islanders last season, but, I mean, they at least had an arena to go into coming up. But, you know, the, the Islanders are a different type of organization, though. They have a storied different history. Market. Many market. Like, many cups have a solid hockey market with loyal fans. The Coyotes have I mean, none of the three things that I just said out loud. Well, no, but I feel like there have been teams that did, and look at where they are now. I think sure. one of them the Coyotes. Sure. But, like, ah. It's so stupid. You should have just you should have just moved the team somewhere or done something else. This is just so dumb. Ah, uh, all righty. We got one more thing to go over before we get into the are they a wagon segment. Um, <laughs> this team not a wagon can confirm very much not a wagon. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. The I mean the wheels are just falling off this wagon rapidly. Uh, they find themselves with a 0 and five and two record. Have not won Ugh. a game yet. Um, excuse me. And the stars on the team are <laughs> not happy about it. Uh, JT Miller, when he was asked about fans throwing jerseys on the ice, did not mince any words. He said, "I didn't have." Um, when he was asked about his thoughts, he said, "I didn't have one after the game. I still don't have one now. If they want to throw their shit on the ice, that's up to them." I guess I've got a job to do. I'm not worried about if people want to come to the game, pay all that money, and throw their jersey on the ice. Go ahead. I've got a job to do. I'm worried about beating the Hurricanes today, which they didn't, and having a good start to the game and really us trying to come together as a team, not whether people want to toss their gear on the ice or not. It is not going well for the Canucks. Um, it's how How do you go from last year to this year. I mean, people were loving Bruce. There was Bruce chance all over the place. They were excited to come into this year. Bruce, there it is. They got TJ Miller back. They got Elias Pettersson. They got Brock Besser. They got talent. They got youth. And now they have coaching. All of the planets have aligned. Oh, five and two start. Not too surprising. It's really not. It's really not. I mean, they also you also have the management, fucking just basically throw Bo- throw Bruce Boudreau under the bus. Well, him, you got, I mean, you have to respond. Calling him somehow, a bad coach, you know? yeah, calling him a bad coach, and then the play. Then once Boudreau gets asked what's going on, he throws the players on the bus, saying they're not professional enough. So it's just like a constant throw everyone under the bus type. Of thing. And then when the players get asked, it's like. Like, oh, this guy's not doing this. This guy's not doing this. It's like, it's like the Spider-Man meme. Everyone's pointing fingers, you know? Not <laughs> only that, but there was an on-ice um, showing of frustration between TJ Miller and uh, defenseman Luke Shen. They were yelling at each other on the ice. Um, like I said, it's, it's full-blown falling apart in Vancouver. And I wanted to ask you guys, because of what Matt said, how, like, the team's the team as a whole, they're just pointing fingers at each other all over the place. They're blaming everyone else except for themselves. Who do you think is to blame here? Do you think it is the front office for not addressing some of the team's 
uh, holes on the defensive side of the puck. Do you think it's on Bruce Boudreaux for not having a better game plan, or do you think it's on the players for not playing harder than they are now? Well, it's all three, but I think it starts with uh, management kind of giving Boudreaux just, like, nothing to really, uh, like, hang your head on and stuff. So I think that's kind of a big reason. It's like, wow, it's like they're not even confident in their coach. So it's right. like, why should why should why should the players be confident in their coach? Right. 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 Yeah. Adam, so, what about you? I think it's definitely all three. I didn't realize that Brock Besser was out, but apparently he's been out. Oh, he is uh, out. Yeah, he is. He's listed as day to day on uh, Daily Faceoff. Yeah, they've also been getting hit with some injuries. And Quinn they've, Hughes is hurt. Yeah. I think that one just happened because um, they just put him on IR from what I read when I was looking into it. Um, so, like, that definitely doesn't help the team. I don't know if Hughes has been out, like, for the start of their season or if he just got hurt and they just put him on IR today. But, like, I'm looking at this team and there's no team here. Like, your first line is... Ilya Mikhaev, Bo Horvat, and JT Miller. Oh. And second line of uh, Pod Colson, Pedersen, and Hogland. Like, I mean, those are two pretty solid lines, though. They are, but they're not something that's going to dig you out of a... Oh, an 0-5-2 start. Or, or, or an 0-5-2 start. Like, that's not something that no. you're going to dig yourself out of. And they just don't have... The, not the real estate. They don't have the, the pieces to fill in the Swiss cheese that is this team. It really stinks because of how promising this team was, like, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were bad at the time, but, like, you looked at the pieces they had, and you were like, okay, this team could have something here. Um, Even last season, when they made the comeback with Bruce. Right, right. It seemed like they had all their, their ducks in a row and everything was looking good. So I don't know if this is a an injury bug. I don't know if it's a locker room problem. Like, has Bruce just completely lost the room at this point? Well, I think like, it goes without saying that Bruce has lost the room. Well, at this point, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, what happened? What happened between the end of last season and now that everything is looking like the Ottawa Senators? I think it's a perfect microcosm. <laughs> I think it's a perfect microcosm of exactly what Matt said, and I'll use a comparison of Elaine Vigneault here in Philadelphia last year. Once you start blaming the players to the media, mm. it's done. It's done. And you'll never get that trust back in your players. It'll never happen. Because they know that you're willing to go to the media and blame them for what's happening instead of sticking up for them in a way, you know? Uh, if you're going to blame the players, do it to their faces in the locker room behind closed doors. But, you know? See, then my, my question is, because is, you say that and then I look at a team like, Toronto, for example, that their coach has gone on record and he hasn't outright thrown them under the bus, but he's called out his top two lines and said, we need to skate, we need to do better, and we're just not doing that. So who's to say in Bruce's case, he's gone to them in the locker room and said, boys, get with it, and they're still not listening, so now he's got to call them out to make them listen. I'm not saying what he's doing actively is like wrong. I'm saying any hockey team, once they find out you've gone to the media and blame the players, 
you'll never get their trust back. I'm not saying what he did was either wrong or right yeah, or was a good strategy or bad strategy. I'm just, I'm just saying the reality of the situation. It's possible. I, I do wonder if Brock Besser being out of the room, I don't know how much of a leader he is for that locker room. I, I could see him being a, a sort of voice of reason. Right. Um, I wonder how much his absence has kind of created a, a black hole of things where it's just like falling apart at the seams. It could be. It it really feasibly could be. Um, I don't know how much of a leader he is either. Um, but he is the captain, of him. right? No, that's Horvat. Horvat's captain, right? Yeah. Which um, even that, like, I, I could see him as being a leader, but I don't see him being that vocal kind of right. leader. Right. He's like a lead by example, I think, kind of guy. I no, don't know. I agree with you. I agree with you. you think there comes a, a time conundrum. where teams come by? Teams come picking for these players. I think if this continues about maybe close to halfway through the year and they're still at each other's throats and they're struggling, I think this you're telling me that these GMs aren't going to be looking at this team like vultures. They're oh, will they're going to pick this team apart. JT Miller's been on the block for seems like a year and a half. Well, JT Miller's not the one that people want. The people want Elias Pedersen, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes. The only well, I can tell you, Hughes isn't going anywhere. Right, Pedersen, I doubt. Besser, maybe, but didn't he just sign an extension? I think so. Yeah. And Horvat, I think, is on the last year of his deal of NHL twenty three. Has taught me anything because he's currently playing for my Atlanta Thrashers. But I don't. Um, he he is someone I could see moving out because he's been there the longest. Actually, you know, he's pretty much been there the longest. Um next to Miller, but I, I feel like we see a coach change before we see a, a fire sale. I hear you. I hear you. And hot take, it's going to be Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz! Van How about Cooper. it? How why about it? the hell not? I'm a lunatic. Barrington Trotsterton. Um... <laughs> Barrington Trotz. Uh, all righty uh, our last Very bit tender. of the evening is a little segment i created because i got bored um i love it it's called is this team a wagon now for those of you that don't know what a wagon is in hockey terms i will tell you the technical phrasing of this uh a wagon is a team that you could um define as was supposed to underachieve but now they're achieving and the hockey fans want to get on the bandwagon. Is this team a wagon, right? I have four teams. Simple question. Is this team a wagon or are they not a wagon? Here we go. First team we're talking about. The Ottawa Senators, a current four and two record with a seven, a plus seven goal differential, uh, 25 goals for 18 goals against and have won four in a row after starting 0-2. Are they a wagon? See if they can stay healthy. It's a yes or no thing. There's no uh, there's no gray yeah, area. I'll say yes, yes. The way that Atlantic's going, they're they're looking like they can compete for a playoff spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt's got his brain on today. Adam, <laughs> what about you? I'm not going to lie. My brain shut off for a second, so I missed the team we're talking about. <laughs> the Ottawa the- Senators. 
Um, ooh. Know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll hitch my horse to that wagon. Hell yeah. Wagon, for exactly the reason that Matt was saying, uh, if they stay healthy, they look like a playoff team in the Atlantic Division the way it's structured right now. Um, all righty. Another team still in the Atlantic here. Ooh. Buffalo Sabres. Are they a wagon? Oh. oh. You could say there's going to be a big shakeup in the Atlantic. I'm going to say no. Okay. All right. I'm going to say no. Just not like you don't think they have the like kind of the pieces to keep it going. Yeah, I think they'll fall off. Currently 4-1-0 um, with eight points and a three-game winning streak. Can I answer this question with a question of my own? Sure. Heard talked about a lot that I feel like is going to get very heated when I say this. Is Rasmus Dahlin the best defenseman in the NHL? He's definitely – he's got – with how he's playing right now, he's got to be top five, right? I don't – I wouldn't say that he's the best defenseman. I'd say he's, you know – one of the better ones, but I don't think I'd put him in. Because when I think the best defenseman in the NHL, I'm thinking Cal McCarr, uh, Quinn Hughes when he was healthy. Um, Victor Hedman. Yep. Um, those are the guys I think of. Um, at one point, you could argue Eric Carlson was there, and you see those you know, flashes of greatness. We saw that when we went on Sunday, that wicked fucking one-timer goal that he scored. That was gross. Uh, that was nasty. But I would say Darlene's a good defenseman, which is why I'm thinking, no, I don't think I'll hitch my my Buffalo Bison to that wagon. I'm also going to have to go with no, but I love Tage Thompson. I, oh, I love Tage Thompson. He's an exciting them, guy to watch. I think give them another year or two, especially with um, – because I don't think Owen Power is playing yet. Uh, so when he comes up, I think we have – a very good wagon. Pretty sure Power's playing. Is he? Is he yeah. quiet? I think so, right? He's been I didn't playing. think he was He came up to college. He's He's been playing. Uh, is he? Five games, two points? Okay. There it is. Staying corrected. I didn't think he was playing. But, hey, two assists for the young man. I'll take it. Still yeah. not going to push my horse to that wagon, but... Could you imagine if that's all it took? It's like, y'all know what? I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Team number three. San Jose Wait, Shark. No. no. And we're still staying at the Atlantic. All right, I hope your sense of God here. The Detroit Red Wings. Currently Ooh. a 3-0-2 record um, with a eight-goal differential. Five games played. R. The Detroit Red Wings wagon. I need to look at one thing. So fish, take it away. May uh, I'm still a little curious. I mean, this team can look like they can do a couple of good things, and then all of a sudden, like, it's like bang, they're like trailing against a team they should be being like. Right now, they're losing the Devils four one. Like they should be better than the Devils. They are better yeah. than the Devils. You know they are. who's in net. Yeah, is so uh, I'm gonna say Bryce? what is it in Nadelkovich okay. or their backup? Um, who for the Detroit? Yeah, yeah, the Wings. Uh, Nadelkovich. Ooh. Ooh, 
Yeah. Bad show. Mm. So, um, yeah, like, I w- I'm going to say no. It's like, they just, something about them. Something about them, you know. Something about them. Something about those Red Wings. Uh, Adam, what about you? Are the Red Wings a wagon? I'm going to say yes. I mean, my my confidence is a little sh- shook. With the, shooketh, if you will. Shooketh, if you will, with the revelation that Nadelkovic is not, you know, having his best of times right now. Well, I don't know. There's something about this team I'm liking. I don't know if it's a six foot eight monster in Elmer Soderblom or Big E. Big E. I don't know. There's something about this team that I'm starting to like. I feel like the Geyser plan is really starting to kind of come together. I get a kick out of my buddy of mine that doesn't follow hockey a lot, but he follows the Red Wings every so often. I'm getting messages from him all the time, hyping up all the crazy things that are happening in Detroit. So I'm going to I'm gonna say, yeah. I'm not going to put both of my horses on this wagon. I think I'll only put one. But, uh, okay. All right. I think they're a wagon. I am also going to say Detroit's a wagon. I like what they're doing there, what Stevie Y is building there. It's I think they're going to be a part of this Atlantic Division shakeup. Um, last team, the Dallas Stars. Are yeah. they a wagon? They're yeah, in first. Like they're they're in first place in the Central right now with a four-one-one record. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean the the West Western Conference is a, a wide open division, so or wide open conference. So I think yeah, totally. Do you think they can wagon their way past the Avalanche and stay in first? I mean, we're not even ten games in a season, so I know we'll but that's the fun of this. That's, that's why that's why we it. do it. Uh, Adam, what about you? Are they a wagon? I'm going to say no. What? I, I, I'm not, you know, convinced. Uh, I, I feel like they're one of the older teams in the league right now. It's not the oldest. Yeah, but they got Jake Ottinger in there. They got the Otter. Yes, but we said it time and time again. You need a a team in front of you to do that. And I, I feel like as good as Ottinger is, I don't know if he's going to be able to drag this team into a, a playoff spot come you know, the 82nd game of the season. I feel like, you know, they have a hot start now, but I think it's the wheels are going to fall off of that wagon. I'm not willing to hitch my horse to it. All righty. Well, I agree with Matt. I think they are a wagon. I think the Dallas Stars are looking really good, and Jake Ottinger is looking incredible. We're talking Vesna-type shit early on in this, in this season. Again, they are six games in as a team. I understand that. But there's nothing I love more than making absolutely outrageous statements this early in the season. So hey, much fun. I predicted, I predicted the Maple Leafs are going to miss the playoffs this season. So. That is true. You did say that. Um, uh, as of, as of like right you. now, however, you're not far off the mark. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, all righty. Well, unless you guys have any other NHL news, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I have one question I'd like to pose to you, gentlemen. All righty. Should the Seattle Kraken... Send Shane Wright back to the O. Why? What's it? So. What's it? What's his stats so. looking like right now? Uh, he's played, I think, five games for a total of seven minutes. Oh wow! This time, uh, and has one point, which came very. I'd say so. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna to only give him that much ice time, yeah. I'm Definitely. curious. You either send him back to the O or you send him to the AHL. 
but you can't. He's too young. No, he he'd be too young, so we'd have to go. Oh, back right, him. I forgot about that. I guess I don't know. So I mean, unless Seattle's doing what the Sharks did with uh, Eklund last season, where they gave him nine games and then sent him off to I think the Europe League, so his uh, ELC slides a year because that's a right. nice rule where uh, if a rookie plays nine games and you send them back to the juniors, their contract moves. So you don't lose that year of ELC. So you're effectively getting like an extra year of, of team control. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of hate it when teams do that, when they manipulate uh, team control time uh, and baseball yeah. happens with every prospect. Um, you got to remember the kid's 18, you know, he's 18 playing in the NHL and it shows with his lack of ice time. And, you know, he's probably not making that big of an impact while he's out there anyways. Um, I, so I would send him I, to juniors. My my problem there is he is the only member of that team that has less than ten minutes of ice time. Exactly. So they're not planning on using him, you know. So I I don't know. I I feel like you they should be giving him more of a chance instead of you know just throwing him away. Not throwing him away, but you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. I think give the kid a chance. Let him let him play with some time and with some players, and I think he getting some results because well, I'm telling. Point he seemed to be getting pretty good. It's just he's not on the ice enough for anything to happen. I'm interested to see what happens after the ninth game. I'm interested to see if what you're saying is uh, is true. If after nine games it is right on to juniors, you know? Yeah, I'd be um, curious to see what happens. Yeah, so how many he's played five now, so we're four away. So by this time, um, our next podcast, we should have an we idea if know. he's in the NHL or in juniors. Uh, all right, folks. As always, thank you so much for listening to On the Power Play. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OTPP Pod on both. While you're there and after you hit the follow button, go ahead and click the link in the bios and head to our merch store. We got all the stuff you're going to need for the upcoming cold months. It's getting a bit brisk up here in the Northeast. So stay warm, folks, with all the stuff we got. We got sweatpants, sweatshirts, a mug for your coffee and or hot cocoa, anything that you're going to need. Um, Adam, go ahead, plug the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. I'm still battling this goddamn head cold, but I should be back and rolling soon. Plus, I just did a trip to Philadelphia with our boy Bangs. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, no, twitch.tv slash on the power play. I've been getting some uh some reps into NHL 23, so we might be bringing back people's GM here pretty soon. And uh yes, follow the, the socials, follow the channel so you don't miss when we go live. Uh, once again, twitch.tv slash on the power play. And don't forget, folks, even if you miss when he goes live, there's always video on demand on Twitch. So you can go ahead and watch what he has already done and stay tuned for what he's going to do. He does great stuff on the Twitch. So go ahead and follow that. Thank you again for listening to on the power play and we out. Ooh.